Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing brand loyalty. Um, Nick, brand loyalty, go for it. So this is a suggestion from loyal listener Helga in uh, up in Norway there. Uh, with, with good brand loyalty. Well, exactly. To loyal yeah. to the Cognitive yeah, Engineering podcast brand there. Um, he uh, wonders uh, about, about the religiousness that seems to accrue to certain brands, mm. e.g. Apple. You mm. know, you get very fanatical fans of particular brands. Um, and you know so, some companies seem to attract them. You get you get do get you know people who really definitely like Apple, um, but you don't seem to find people who are really obsessed with sort of Tesco's, Microsoft even. Yeah, I think that I think possibly in reaction to the Apple people, you yeah. get Microsoft fans. But 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 it seems to be a phenomenon associated with certain kinds of thing. So I think we want to think about that. What kinds of things can inspire brand loyalty? Hmm. But also. Um, what kind of relationship is it when you're loyal to a brand? What does it mean to mm-hmm. be loyal to a brand? Okay, nice. Um, how do we want to kick this off? I mean, it, it seems, I mean, one obvious way is to just check if we're loyal to any particular brands. Um, or do you just want to dive into it? How do you want to do this? Well, that's interesting. I, well, I'll just use myself as a very quick case study. Okay. Because one of my favorite objects is my iPod Classic. Yes. Right, it's... Um, You're just all about Apple. You're an Apple fanboy, obviously. It's, it's about 10 years old. Yeah. If not older, actually. Okay. I did have it replaced once, but I consider it to be the new incarnation of my it's, old one. It's Trigger's iPod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, the iPod of Theseus. Exactly. Yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, it's the same iPod that I've had. It's an iPod Classic, one of the old ones with a big rotary, uh, you know, dial thing. And it's got massive memory, bigger than any memory on modern day so-called iPods. But of course, they don't really make iPods anymore. What no. they do is they make phones, and 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 really, an iPod is just a phone with the with the phone bit taken out. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really loyal to my iPod, which of course never goes down. Unlike which is more than could be said for Spotify and yeah. other uh, streaming services. This is all my own music that I control goes with me. And it's all there, and it works brilliantly. Well, it doesn't work that well. The, the, to be honest, the play button stopped working. So, okay. so you now have to know it's work around. There's workarounds to make it stop and start. There's <laughs> other routes to get it to play. But the point is, um, I love it, but I hate Apple partly because they stopped making them, um, but also because they they seem to just be so smug as a brand. So there's an interesting. Uh, quandary or you know there's there's a there's a thing where i really like the product that they made um but i really dislike the brand and mm. then there are other there are other brands which you know i feel i feel like I've, i really love them as a company and marmite you know hp sauce pot noodle all cliches but they're all brands which i do feel attachment to okay so well, what's com- going on yeah no well first of all i think there's a crossover here or a contradiction sometimes uh, between brand loyalty and a product loyalty, right? Because you're really loyal to your iPod, right? Um, however, um, it, one of the things you mentioned there is is what annoys you is um, the smugness of the brand, right? Mm. Um, and before we came on air, we were having um, a tiff, right? Oh, what, you and me? Yeah. Unthinkable. <laughs> what was it about this time? And, and I accused you of being contrarian, right? Um, and I think... 
um, this sort of feeds into this. Um, not just yourself, a lot of other people, the reason why they hate Apple is because they're quite contrarian. Um, but also- a Apple are? No, the people who don't like oh, Apple I see. Quite, can be quite contrarian. Um, and it's the, you know, there's this big, beautiful product. Isn't it amazing, this brand, and it's, it's quite sort of- Messianic. Yeah, messianic, there you go. Um, and evangelizing. Um, and it's a kind of a reaction against that, maybe. Mm. Um, but um, I definitely want to come on to the, the brands. And I definitely want to come to Chris. But just really briefly, one thing, because I do use a lot of Apple products, but one thing that annoys me is I don't particularly care about them that much. But what does annoy me is people like you who just moan about Apple all the time and moan at people like me. I've not moaned about it once. <sighs> Anyway, let's pick up what you were saying about your brands, um, and then we'll try and swiftly move on to Chris and, 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 and go from there. Maybe sort of do a quick. Well, I don't of mind if we, we go like. on to Chris to be honest, because I feel like I've got a list of brands, but they might want to come later. Okay. Um, anything to add at this stage, Chris? Well, I, I think just sort of um, thinking in terms of uh, brand brand loyalty and and trying to unpick a little bit what what it actually is. Yeah. Um, I, I think historically it's often just been reduced to to purchasing behavior what what things do you do you p purchase yourself do you own do you you know um, regularly purchase mm. uh, but I think it's a lot I, I think there's a uh, it's a lot broader than that and and as we've talked about you know there's an there's an emotional aspect to it and um, quite a lot of the 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 research into into brand loyalty you know subsequent sort of models of what brand loyalty is have have expanded it you know beyond this idea of just what do you buy towards looking at um you know a, a more sort of multi-dimensional approach so for example um you know you can you can have brand loyalty without having ever bought anything from from a company so so if you take um Ferrari, for yeah. example, right? Yeah. M most people sort of go, oh, I love Ferraris, right? Mm. But they don't own a Ferrari. And most supporters of the, a slightly different uh, different thing, but supporters of the Ferrari Formula One team, they don't have Ferraris. They don't regularly buy. I'm sure they'd love to buy one if they could afford one. But So it's not necessarily just about, uh, about um, buying. You can... Um, that reminds me of being, at, remember at school... Where you'd have a, you'd have an, you'd have arguments about oh Lamborghinis are better than Ferraris yeah. and it was yeah. based on what was on the top trumps cards. Yeah, that's right. And it, and you're like, what? or your or your Matchbox. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But presumably, there's still an interest in, on the bar on from those brands in making you loyal to them, and they want you to buy stuff like perfume or something from I would imagine. Yeah, so I guess they then have to yeah, or posters or or. Yeah. or coats or, or whatever but um but it's it's um you know it's this this idea that um th that you you know i mean for example um you can inherit brand loyalty right i mean my when i was a kid in the 80s uh we had um we had volvos right mm. I've ne i never bought a volvo in in my life but i feel sort of well disposed towards the brand of volvo you know and that's kind of my parents purchasing mm -hmm, behavior mm -hmm. that's that's kind of um you know that that's that's i've learned learned behavior really so mm. um uh, and you know I, maybe one day i will buy a volvo and that'll have worked for uh for for the swedes but um but yeah so it's it's not just necessarily about buying things over and over again there there are there are broader elements to it and um uh, you know, one particular m model from from um, Sheth and Park um, looks at, at kind of breaking it down into to three 
different elements. So I, th I think this is quite quite instructive and quite mm. interesting. Um, they talk about, um, I mean, first of all, you know, in, t in terms of defining brand loyalty, what it is. Well, it's it's about a sort of you know a a positive biased tendency towards a, a branded or labelled alternative, you know, um, service or product or whatever whatever it is. But they talk about um, uh, there being these three components. Um, the emotive aspect of, of of brand loyalty or the emotive tendency, which is do you like or dislike, right? So um, so Nick obviously dislikes Apple mm. in some way. You, I, I think you're ambivalent perhaps or, you know, uh, you don't have a, a, a strong view, but you buy their products, right? So, so one aspect of brand loyalty is, is emotive. What is your em emotional response towards it? But that's not the only aspect of, of brand loyalty. You know, there's also then um, evaluative, which might be where, where your view of Apple comes in, where you think, well, they're the best goods, right? But brand, what brand loyalty is, is trying to do is bias your evaluative process, right? Yeah. So, so sort of make you think, ah, it's got an Apple badge on it. Uh, it's better than it actually is, yeah. right? So they're trying to better than all those other things made by the same people in the same factory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the last one, which is what presumably the companies are really trying to drive, is the behavioural one, right? Which is, do you buy it or do you consume it? I mean, kids, kids don't buy stuff, right? By and large, but they might have a real brand loyalty towards Frosties or you know, Cocoa Pops or whatever. They're both um, Kellogg's. Yeah. Well, there you go. Divide so, and rule. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> false, uh, false diversification <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the market. Um, but I think that's quite an interesting sort of um, prism through which to, to to look at brand loyalty. That it's not it's not just about buying stuff. It's it's multifaceted, and ultimately, you know, the companies care about getting you to buy stuff. But there are there are other aspects that you know, which which is the emotional bit. Um, which I think our listener was was kind of referring to, which is why are people so irrational and, and emotionally attach themselves to products? And that's the question maybe we can start to have a think about. Well, uh, yeah. I, well, before you do, I've got an I've got part of an answer which I don't think was covered there in those points, which is we've not talked about um, identity. Um, I mean, it feeds into all those three things, mm. but it's a bit like, um, you know, what we see in our friends is probably what we aspire, often what we aspire to in ourselves, or even if it or something complementary, let's say. Um, and I think it's the same with brands, right? Is right. The, I, I was just thinking, actually, if, if it was a person, yeah. what would they be like? And I sort of think... Well, Apple, you should be a marketing person, because this is what well, they love I doing. Well, I know, I bet it is. And, but and, <clears throat> Apple would be like an annoying good-looking, flashy guy yes. who turns up at the party and everyone seems to like them. And, but, and you but just really can't understand. But hate them, I think. I, 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 you can't understand why everyone seems to like this guy. But, but you, they're you are definitely, popular. I would say, you are definitely the kind of person, this plays into to Fraser's point, who would see somebody good-looking and popular and without having spoken to them, <laughs> dislike them. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. For so, sure. So good-looking, popular people are really annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's why everyone dislikes you, Nick. That's, God, the, re that's gosh, the reason. Why. You're right. You've rumbled. You've rumbled yeah. my yeah. essential. But this this comparison, I think, is really interesting because ultimately, right, brand loyalty is just a form of loyalty, right? And where where does loyalty come from psychologically? Well, it comes from allegiance and um, uh, identity, as you said, around family groups, which, you know, then 
bleeds out to tribes, which eventually bleeds out to nation states and uh, all of these other things that we then conflate it with, like political yeah. parties, religious groups, yeah. um, brands, football teams, all that. You know, yeah. and that's what they're trying to. That's what they're trying to hack. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. So you know, it might start out with Heinz beans, but it ends with World War Three. Yes. If you yeah. take it too far, I, 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 I so well, looking... and in fact, some of the biggest arguments are exactly over this kind of thing, like Heinz versus I don't know what. But sorry, well, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the sort of big enders versus the little enders. Yeah. You know? But well, okay. So I mean, I think uh, first of all, does it exist? I mean, obviously, we're, we're talking like it exists, but I, I and it, as always with business type stuff, it's very hard to find out. Uh, you know, precisely, well, get any decent data, really. But um, according to various bits of survey evidence that I've seen, uh, apparently 60% of people are loyal, in inverted commas, to one to five brands. That feels about right to me. But the interesting thing there is that's about the same number of, like, really good close friends that people have, for yeah. example. It's, it's definitely in that ballpark. Nobody's really loyal to 500 brands. You know, it's like people have only got enough space for loyalty to a, quite a small number of brands. It's almost self-defining, isn't it? Because if you're, if you're loyal, it's a bit like saying, well, I'm faithful to my, you know, harem of a thousand yeah. partners or something. It's like... Yeah, well, it's like having a loyalty card to every single major supermarket. Yeah. You think, well, it's not really a loyalty card, is it? But, but anyway, apparently two-thirds of people would join a loyalty program mm. for, for these, for a brand that they like. Mm. Um, and and uh, over half said that they would um, spend more on the, on the brand, even if there are cheaper options elsewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so that, that's... And then... And then um, uh, just under half, 46% in this KPMG survey said they would remain loyal even after a bad experience mm -hmm. with, a, with a company, which I think is interesting. And that t touches on, I think, the behavioral element of what uh, Chris is talking about, which I think is that the, it, even though we experience it as emotive, in practice, what loyalty means is a willingness to undertake some sort of cost mm. to benefit someone else, right? Mm. I mean, if it isn't yeah. that, it's not. it's just a transaction. Like it doesn't exist. If I'm not willing to go slightly out of my way to help Heinz or, you know, uh, or, or Amazon or whatever, because I'm loyal to if I'm not going out of my way to help them, quite apart from just buying their stuff, that's not the same thing. Buying their stuff is just a transaction. We both benefit. It's, it's buying their stuff, but also undertaking a cost, recommending it to family and friends, going there even if you actually think other options are better or cheaper or more effective. Um, and... Yeah, giving them free publicity, wearing their T-shirt, all of those things, I guess, which are which are kind of manifestations of loyalty. Um, and I think, well, I mean, we might get on to when does this become a bad thing. But um, I mean, it just strikes me. I quite, I do quite like this. is quite Aleph-y, um, thinking about, you know, the actual name Aleph and why that exists, because, you know, the, the, this comes back, as do so many of our things, this all comes down to you know, one thing or links, right? Um, and a lot of the time we do talk about, um, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong or not. I mean, like, we do talk about psychology a lot, I think. Mm. Um, and it just does, and it does come down to um, decision-making and sometimes irrational decision-making. Um, are we ready to talk about, about our brands yet or do we want to keep well, going I just, else? Well, I just wanted to touch on what the business press seems to believe is key to driving brand loyalty. Okay. And obviously this is something that, marketing wankers want to want to do they want to they want to get people to be loyal to their brand not as you or i might think by making the best products 
for the right. cheapest price. No. The, some of the things – so the latest thinking it seems to be in the marketing world that it's to do with value alignment. So how can value you – Value alignment? Okay. Oh, yeah. You, you, you've got to – so they recommend doing things like supporting charities that align – with the values of your customer base, for example, that kind of thing. and But also finding, uh, this is sort of makes me vomit a bit. By the way, this is the world that I live in, the one that yeah. makes you vomit. Keep going. Find new ways to be part of an important and ongoing dialogue. I don't even know what that means, but keep going. Well, and then, so uh, again, according to KPMG, all of this data is shaky as hell, but there is, uh, the key drivers are quality, 74%, highest driver of brand loyalty, um, value for money, consistency, that's an interesting one. When we think about the yes, sort definitely. of loyalty to things like, we might want to talk about the new Coke thing, because yeah. that was an interesting case study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when, when there's been backlashes and things against, against things happening to brands, that tells you a lot about what's driving things. Yeah. But also... Um, then it's a bunch of things like customer service and ease of shopping and all that. But it, all of those sound like things that are just, well, this is a good product, right? Yeah. So I don't really believe that. Um, and it, looking inward to myself, before we get onto the brands which we probably have an, a relationship with, like I think I value honesty from a company more than anything else. That That is definitely going to drive me to be loyal to them. So things like Greg's have a very good like social media policy i've got a, they're, they're they're not pretending to be a hipster you know artisanal mm, bakery mm. they know what they are yeah. and they're perfectly happy to to be that thing get your cheap stodgy lovely tasty food from us uh, exactly and, and i think and i think that's that's true of you know obviously if you have better products you can afford to be more honest i think didn't, didn't um, work for ratners though did it <laughs> no that i mean again yeah really interesting because of a mismatch between you know if their brand had been about we're cheap, cheap and jewelry. cheerful yeah. yeah um then i think that would have been fine but it was that mismatch between yeah. the brand and the yeah but they yeah i mean so and i guess that that sort of makes it hard if you if you're trying to be a smug high class sort of brand it's harder to do that i think like you've got to pull like for example you can love you could love terry's chocolate orange in a way that you couldn't love green and blacks nice and i can't yeah. really explain why a, yeah I, I think yeah. You, you you're on something yeah. there or if you did it would say something very yeah um or other people would be very judgmental. Of yeah, you're a quite right git, basically. Like, like people who go on about farron ball paint. Or yeah. Um, yeah, but, good but, point. Yeah. Pigeon, <laughs> which colour, which shade of pigeon shit grey would you like? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Chris, pick uh, us up. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think, so I think so far we've talked about this idea of cost to the self, right? Okay. And And of irrationality or, or not necessarily irrationality but um, uh, an emotive aspect to it and and that driving brand loyalty but i also think there's a rationalist bit to brand loyalty which is about um the reduction of cognitive effort associated with um with decision making uh, you know you only have to go on compare the market.com to you know change your car insurance or something to go on you know the the diversification in the market is massive the amount of effort spent uh trying to identify the optimal option for you is huge and probably not worth the cost so if you f if you find something that's good and you have trust in the brand and it was good before it it just makes sense to roll that over right mm -hmm. and, and to, to continue with that that um 
that customer. There's also an aspect which is like repeated buying, right? You know, I mean, and this is where things like loyalty schemes or um, uh, vouchers or, uh, you know, buy 400, get one free, kind of all those offers work in that, that if you're buying repeatedly, you've got more purchasing power and you can get better better deals for yourself. So I, so I think there's actually also an aspect to brand loyalty. Uh, and all of those things that Nick talked about, those those four points that KPMG came up with, were all, you know, rational things, right? They were about, okay, you can identify it's, it's high quality, um, y- you know, you've had good experience with it before. Well, then that that's what you do you know and then you then you all you have to think cognitively is oh i trust the brand i'll just buy from there again you don't have to think about the individual products and you know is the latest version better than the previous version and so on so okay we're getting to the point where we need to think about wrapping things up there's i definitely of course want to talk about our brand loyalty uh, our brand loyalties um but before we do anywhere anything you want to move on to first um nick first then maybe chris yeah i've got to cut so so obviously we've, we've been talking about the rational aspects of it and the emotive aspects of it i guess there's nothing you wouldn't say that you know being fe- feeling emotional was irrational as such um you know you there's nothing irrational about really liking a brand uh, to the extent that you know it might be that you you actually just get additional pleasure from using that brand for some reason well it doesn't matter the point is if you do get pleasure out of it it makes sense for you to sort of pay extra to have that have that brand right but 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 at the same time it is perfectly possible for there to be a bunch of cognitive biases associated with our relationship to brand which we might want to think about when we're making those decisions so that we can try and avoid them. And when I say avoid them, I mean avoid basically being ruthlessly exploited by marketers, mm. which is obviously my, one of my main aim in, aims in life. Mm. But so a few things uh, which occurred to me, there's the halo effect, which is basically if someone has one good feature, people will tend to assume that their other features are good too. So okay. if someone's good looking, people assume that they're more likely to be intelligent, more likely to be better at, you know, things um and this would crop up in for example if you like uh you know if if you uh, apples apples apple things come in really nice boxes Mm. very high quality boxes um and the experience of opening they put a special smell in it so that when you open it there's a nice smell yeah oh Oh, they're brilliant at that uh naturally you assume that were you to open up a, a apple electronic device you'd have the same experience there's that feeling of like well this is a very high quality box ergo the product must Are you be high sure quality. about this that well, sounds like an urban myth or something that you found on some dodgy website somewhere saying apple did you know they put smells in the boxes so well, when you no open they do that's to- that's i think that's widely known well, well, well I oh, but it, but it is known. <laughs> I, I it, okay. I mean, I to be honest, I've got it the... in my I've got it in my head, but I can't give you a source. Mm. But I wouldn't. It doesn't. I Next don't find time it remotely you open surprising. Up an apple box. I opened up one the other day, but right. gone, yeah. Just just poise there, like you're mm. scenting a fine wine or something, and see if see if anything emerges. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's controversial or a conspiracy theory. I just think that's well known that they they. Put, make things That's smell nice. That's what people who purport conspiracy theories say. But anyway, keep going. But you know they de- okay. But you don't deny that they put new car smell in new cars because that's true. I didn't know that was true. Yeah, that's true. New car <laughs> smell is entirely made up now. It used to be what cars used really? to smell of before they used modern materials, and now they put new car smell in. No, 
Yes. I got, I've been, I'm a babe in the woods. Right, so basically, you know, halo yeah. effect, um, nice smell, high quality product. Well, watch out for that. Okay, just, you know, it's easy. In other words, it's easy to have a nice box. It doesn't mean that the product's any good. And um, it doesn't mean that Nick is a poor quality product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anything, the opposite. Yeah. Um, then we have the endowment effect. Again, something which is really hard for us to fight against. But it's basically if you bought something, you're then inclined to try and find reasons why it's worth more. Uh, so this this would cut, you know, if you, it's quite a big outlay normally, but if you buy, an, you know, an Apple or a, another kind of, you know, MP3 player or whatever, it's going to cost you a few hundred quid maybe. And at that point, the point you made that purchase, you don't really want to find out that you made the wrong choice. And that is really prevalent, you know, so people tend to ascribe a higher value to the things that they've bought because it's so hard to avoid this yeah, one yeah, you yeah. really don't you know when you bought a new product and you look online and the, you can see a bad review you're like oh that guy's an idiot and you watch out for that and um, and then there's also the this relational models thing which we occasionally refer to which is that um you know there are <clears throat> different ways that people can interact with each other in groups right okay different models yeah yeah um, so you have like communal sharing, which is what you tend to have in families where you just stick stuff in the fridge and, you know, you, you, you all eat it. And no one really minds. Uh, authority ranking where basically you get things because the boss gives you stuff that's kind getting of bogged down. Go on, keep going. With what's, Equality I mean... matching, which is where you're kind of trying to... Um, Try, trying to keep tabs on making sure it's like if you're splitting the bill or something. What's in a this restaurant. got to do with brand loyalty? I'm getting to that. Come on. And finally, market pricing, which is the most sort of emotionally distanced. Yeah. You give me some money, I give you a thing. It market pe marketing people, and in general, in general, like your experience. When you have an experience, generally firms want you to think you're in a a, a, a communal sharing environment because that's like being at home in a family and you're comfortable with it, right? even if you're not. So so in other words, restaurants you know want to make you feel like you're at home having a nice dinner. They don't they don't go on and on about the price. That it's almost a bit embarrassing when the yeah, bill comes out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, and what I'm saying is that firms want to fool you into thinking you're in a communal sharing relationship and not a market pricing and relationship. And you've all got one them. another's best interests. Yeah, exactly. Like they yeah. they care about you, you care about them. Yeah. You know, you're giving them some money, they're giving you an iPod rather than a cold, harsh market transaction. Yeah, 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 so yeah, just yeah. don't fall for it. Yeah. Um, the, and final question, really, which you should ask yourself is, if you're loyal to this brand, how would they be loyal to you? How does their loyalty to you manifest itself? Do they, do they come around to your house and do your gardening? Do they give you a special discount because you're you? No. Well, well maybe they do. Maybe they do. And and, and actually, you know... I swear, well, the people who make HP Source have never been round to my house to do the garden. No, but they've probably had little um, things... If they did, they've you'd probably be had little paper offers around the, the top saying, you know, 25p off your next bottle. You probably never spotted them. Yeah, but, but, but someone who's literally the first time they've ever bought HP Source could have the same offer. I want something that reflects. Oh, but they've got no way of tracking how much. Well, there you go. So if they if they're not capable of being loyal to me, I'm not going to go out of my way to be loyal to them. Well, come on, Chris. But if if Steve Jobs turned up to do my lawn, first of all, I'd be quite surprised that he's alive. But but second, I would be freaked out. You know, if 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 someone from HP Source came over to your place and said, "Hello, Mr. Hare, we've noticed that you've been very loyal to us for a number of years, and just to say thank you, we're going to cut your hedge for you." You you would you would. 
send them packing. I'd be cock a hoop. I would not. <laughs> I'd be cock a hoop, and I'd, and I'd never stop buying HP saws. Hey, if there's any marketers out there, they should listen to this. this Come is round good. to yeah, my house yeah. and do the hedge and hey presto. Yeah, let's move this along. We've really got to to move along with this. Um, Chris, yeah, and then we was, need to talk about our yeah, own Yeah, no, fine. I was, I was just going to say um, that actually there are there are efforts to uh, engender that two-way loyalty. And, you know, um, loyalty schemes are a, a good example of that. And they, they date back to the 18th century when they used to hand out copper tokens, you know, that you could then discount against future purchases. And so that's obviously long been recognized that actually you want to, to, um, to build that up. But, I, but I'm quite interested in the idea of, of, of when, it, uh, when it works ag- against us, you know, and, and um, w- under what circumstances. So brand loyalty, like I said, it's got, it's got lots of pros. And if you get, if you get uh, emotional benefit from it, as well as practical benefits of not having to think as hard and getting a, a more reliable decent product that you're happy with um then it works well but when doesn't it work for us and that's presumably when we get fobbed off with a not very good um deal you know very good product or or poor customer services but we go back again and and that that really does then come down to the loyalty aspect of how long you will you know, put up with poor service or a poor product before you move, you you know, you move um, uh, suppliers. Mm. Um, And it's a little bit like, you know, obviously some people, you know, remain in abusive relationships or, um, you know, kind of adhere to a religion or a political ideology, even when they realize half of it's pretty sinister and they don't like it, but they, you know, the other bits they... So, yeah, that's that's quite an interesting sort of, um, I guess, another... thing to to probably would be the best measure of brand loyalty actually if you could somehow you know um manufacture it would be how much crap are you prepared to put up with before you move and and, um cancel your brand loyalty it kind of goes to the heart of it doesn't it yeah Yeah, absolutely look let's wrap this up and of course you know the the elephant in the room um that we need to talk about is what brands are we loyal to right um, so let's do it. Um, yeah, well, actually, it's interesting. Chris has just proposed a way of thinking about brands, which neatly summarizes some of the things that I was going to mention at this point. But I'll get to that when we get to me. By the way, yeah, we're not so different, you and I. Oh, hello. Um, because when you were talking about, um, I think you were saying, you know, how you think of yourself and what you look for, you talked about integrity and honesty. Now, I think... A lot of people would say that about them, what, how they think of themselves and, and what they think of others or they look for in others and friends. Um, but I don't think they're always right um, about that. But I think you are right. And I think I'm like that as well. Um, like I said, I think every, maybe everyone would. Got um, makers of a brilliant buddy cocktail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but integrity is a really important value. It really is something that I look for a lot. Um, so, are we, sorry, you were about to say something. Are we ready to talk about the brands or you yeah. want to come later? Um, Shall sh- I kick off? Or, yeah, okay. go for it. So, brands that I'm loyal to. Um, I've jotted down a few. You guys, are, I'm sure, have been thinking about this loads. I've only just started thinking about it. The big one for me is Canon. Um, who are manufacturers of many things, but in, in my case, cameras and lenses. Um, I'm, I would say I'm very loyal to them. Apple, I've got a lot of Apple products. A lot of it are bought for me by my work, but still I do, I am loyal to them, I would say. McDonald's, I'm very loyal to McDonald's. Really? Yeah, yeah. And that goes back to this consistency thing, I, I think, as well. I just know it's going to be exactly what it is. And as I think I've said before, when you buy, when you go to McDonald's, you're not buying a hamburger. Do you, do you feel emotionally attached to them no, in some way? Right. No, no, not really, no. Um, I think it is interesting, though. That but when you see the Golden Archers, does, yeah. do, do, do you, 
do you feel a buoyed? In yeah, some a little way? buzz. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps I do. Yeah, I'm emotionally attached to them. But I, it is interesting though that well, I remember finding out that a lot of Americans are loyal to McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Um, but it surprised me because I think in Britain they're seen as examples of rapacious capitalism mm. and how you couldn't really love. Um, brands like Coca-Cola and McDonald's. But of course, they're American brands. It makes sense. The yeah, Americans yeah. would feel attached to those in the same way we do to things HB like McVitie's. And, yeah, exactly. And, and talking McVitie's, oh. um, only got a couple more. Jacob's Jacob or Jacob's Cream Crackers. Yes. So there is a good example. I will go out of my way and make sacrifices and pay more to have G- Jacob Cream Crackers because they are the best. The thin um, scraping of butter. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fortnum and Mason. I almost oh, never I buy like from them. them um, but I, I would say I'm... I, I, you know, their their marketing material, which I get every year because I I actually use them, mm. is rich inducing. Is it? Oh, it's so it's like so aspirational. Oh, really? Yeah. It's kind of See, this gone, is like <laughs> this wonderful, wonderful. It's all trying to make out that you can live this perfect Nigella style, you know, upper middle class lifestyle yeah. if you spend you know eighty pounds on a couple of slices of salmon from them. Yeah, yeah. Well, this definitely fits with me. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm not, yeah, uh, but probably the big thing. Pubs now, oh, a proper pub. He's a Weatherspoons guy. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like a Weatherspoons. Yeah. Yeah. Nine um, a.m. in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> with my with my bulldog next. To me. Yeah, yeah. Um, pubs like a proper good pub, and I know you're into your pubs as well. A nice pub. Now, obviously, that's not really a brand, but 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 there it is. Well, an individual like if you go back if I to the find dog and one duck, like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. What's what's the ideal pub called? The half the moon underwater. The moon underwater. Mm, that's why that's why spoons use that as the their name for lots of their pubs. Oh, do they? From the Orwell essay, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Obviously, I knew about the Orwell essay, but not about the the Witherspoon things. Uh, Chris? Uh, Yeah, so for me, I think um, the things I am loyal about, um, M&S Simply Food. Um, So... I, I, I just love going in there. I like buying. They've got great So we're both fruit. aspirational. I'm just more aspirational, maybe, with my yeah, well, Fortnum and Mason's. Yeah but, yeah, but it's not that I sort of, I covet some lifestyle that they offer. It's like their stuff is just great. You think you don't covet the lifestyle. Yeah, I don't know what an M&S Simply Food lifestyle would, would, would be. But it's not just any I'm lifestyle. Looking, no, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I, looking at it. Yeah, full of Percy Pigs and chocolate Isn't it primarily... The same products as elsewhere, but with a St. Michael label on, or have they stopped doing? No, no, that? no. I mean, like, I don't mean their, I don't mean their Marks home goods. I mean the their fruit, basically. Their, their, their apples are better. Their grapes are better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and they're Keep... more expensive. Anyway, um, uh, but I've also got a soft spot at the other end of the uh, of the supermarket um, uh, market uh, for ripped off Aldi crisps. Where they they basically reverse engineer frazzles, you know, and stuff like that. Mm. And they and and I'm like, that's that's really clever. And oh yeah, these are Im, imperceptibly, you know. Um, or if anything, uh, they've probably got more additives. And yeah, things. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. I think the dust is is Better. saltier yeah. and it's got more monosodium gluten. This just makes me want to go out and buy a packet of yeah, frazzles. Yeah. Yeah. No, you mean or, 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 the, or the knocked off empty, frazzles? Empty the <laughs> empty the crisps yes. out and then just. Dig at the dust in nice, the bottom. That's what you're nice, looking for. Nice. Anyway, um, uh, uh, but the the final thing is probably um, Adidas football boots, mm. right? Um, I, I can't play football anymore because I'm broken. But my daughter does play play mm. football, mm. and I recently bought her. It, specifically, it's their old fashioned uh, boots. This boot called removable Co- studs. 
Uh, well, these are molded studs. Right. But, um, so they have a 70s, 70s vibe it, to Basically, yeah. some, I think Beckenbauer wore this boot, right? The Copa Mundial. Mm. Um, and my daughter is 10. She's size three and a half shoes. She's probably going to go through them in, you know, three or four months or something. Doesn't matter. I just, I just bought a 120 yeah. pound pair of football <laughs> boots. Um, so wow. You You're not quite the rational um, automaton that I thought you were, no. Chris. No. Although Beckenbauer was a rational auton automaton. He so, was. Um, he was. You know. He was. Uh, Nick. Right. So uh, <clears throat> top of my list. This, this, is, this is loyalty where I feel like there is a good, healthy relationship between me and the brand. Yes. Uh, Mitsubishi Pencil Company Uniball Micro Pen, which I'm using. You're using a stolen you, one yeah, from me. No, no, no. I know. I buy loads of these. Um, right. I mean, they are the only pen in the world which which uh, I will use by preference. They're yeah. incredible. Consistency, perfect, perfect line. It's so easy to write with. Never go wrong. They're absolutely amazing. I find them smudgy. Mm, are you left-handed? No. No, you're a weirdo then, because uh, they're, they're too not... They're too inky. No, you're using I, them I, I wrong. I agree, they're a great pen to hold the, and all that The only stuff. thing I can do maths with is one of these pens. But the, the, the point is that they themselves are very cold and unfeeling as a company. I've sent them emails saying, I love your pens. And all I want is a, is a reply. I don't want free pens. I just want them to say, I'm glad you like our pens, but nothing. I never get anything back. But I don't Bastards. care because they're so good at making pens that that speaks for itself. The thing on top of the lid is a definite choke hazard. They, oh, uh, yeah. I know you've both I, lost. I, I know Fraser's still no, got No, I chew mine off. Yeah, just throw those straight away. You they're mentioned neutral. local restaurants. Yeah, Yamaha Pianos is another one. Mm, I, I absolutely beautiful. love mine. And, um, and particularly because I like the fact that they're kind of engineered rather than they're not the result of centuries of tradition making pianos you know yamaha said right how do we make good pianos and they just went and did it i've um, got the audi version of one of those um it's not from audi but i've got a knockoff japanese one that looks like yamaha but it isn't uh but there's also brands that i use a lot but hate right, right. so i and I, I think top of those is amazon yes i really dislike them as a brand i don't know why because i use them all the time yeah. but they're just so good that I can't. That feels like I'm, I'm in an abusive relationship with them. Yes, I'm somehow tied to them. Yes, and I and I have to keep using. Similarly, Google actually, mm. uh, like we, the, even though I like their products or their services, they make you feel dirty. Yeah, they they mm. they. I don't like I don't like it. I don't like being beholden to Google. I, I joke, again feels a bit a bit. But there's also these brands that I have a kind of weird love hate relationship right. with, where, which I think it's on Fraser again. Fraser McGrew um, production. No, that's consistent. <laughs> love it. Okay. Uh, Microsoft, actually, even though I, I kind of love Microsoft, but I hate their products really annoy me. But I love, I actually like them as a company. I like the fact that they make sort of slightly shonky products. Mm. Um, Craft Ale brands, I like, again, like the products, but usually dislike the branding. Too hoppy usually, but anyway. That, just running with that model of, you know, this the relationship you have with brands is a bit like a relationship with people. There you go. That's a, that's a bunch of... Uh, different relationship types that I'm in with different brands. Yeah. Um, it's complicated. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's what is at the heart of all this. It's really brands are just another person. That's what it is. Mm. Even if they're not, that's how we think about them, right? Yeah. And um, we don't rationally assess people all the time, whether we should maintain a friendship with somebody. You are their friend, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Or not in the case of you two. Exactly but, um, that, yeah. exactly that. Um, all right. 
let's stop there. Thank you. As, oh, by the way, well, first of all, thank you very much to Helga yeah. uh, for, for, for sort of putting this uh, our way. I feel this this is definitely one of those ones where we've done a pretty good job of working it over. I will let history be the judge. Well, um, I hope Helga remains loyal to us. Um, but thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser Mercury. We've been here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.